Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? What's up, y'all? Uh, welcome to the I Hate This edition of the podcast, because I'm doing it from home while we're in separate rooms thing. That is how we're going to do it for this week. We got a few weeks. Oh, you know what? I should have brought in that calendar that says we're, what we're going to be doing. But uh, we're, not in, uh, we're not together again until the 20th. Um, right, and that's Phoenix, right? Yep, Stand Up Live, Phoenix, Arizona. So, right. Um, there we are. We're, so we're going to have a few on-the-road podcasts. We're going to try to get some video for the next one, you guys. But uh, this is where we are right now. Um, you know, we were talking about doing an hour-and-a-half podcast, is what you said earlier. Yeah, because a couple of people were like, uh, can you guys give, make it longer? Which I'm not necessarily always opposed to. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if we keep it nice and tight... Uh, and leave them wanting more. That's always the general rule. Or, or we could do an hour podcast, and then a half an hour of it we could put on Patreon. Yeah, I, you know, I I hear you. I, I hate the logistics of some of that because when you say put it on Patreon, I know what the goal is with that uh, to lure some people to our Patreon. Um, but but at the same, but they're they're saying that they want more. So if you want more, fucking Andy up five bucks. Uh, Break bread, niggas. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. We, we, we could always chop it up and see what we do. Okay. Um, fuck, before I dive into anything that I'm going, on, going through, uh, what's anything new with you? I got my second COVID shot, so um, I'm solid on COVID. Um, they say you can still get it. It takes two weeks before it uh, actually becomes the resistant strain. Uh, but I don't know. I've had COVID and now two shots. If I'm not protected, I, I don't. Oh, and you're like 54, right? 55. 55. Yeah, nigga, we on the way to the upper room. So whatever we get now, we get. Well, that's you how. I mean, you you <laughs> you can survive with HIV now. You know what I mean? <laughs> AIDS is damn it gone. You know, fucking, you're 55. I'm 46. 
we we in the second half of our game. Nigga, whatever we gonna get, we gonna get, nigga. Let's go. That's what I said to my son. My son said he is afraid to get uh, the shot because he, you know, he said he's gonna survive it anyway. And you know, there there hasn't been enough research. And I said, well, I don't care because if it takes me out, I've already got. You know, I've been here. I got some time in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll take what we get. But uh, no, that that's good, man. Because out here. Uh, I see people walking around a little bit more. You know, a little bit more dinner's been going on. People are outside. Uh, restaurants are getting busy. I, I don't know. If, I, I know California opened up a little bit. Are you guys getting any busyness? You guys getting do anything out there? Uh, you know, restaurant wise, it, it's it's opening up a little bit. But you know, I'm I, I always stay in my cave when I come home. Other than you know, from my house to the grocery store or the liquor store, which is all of a five minute distance. I don't go out, so I don't know what's changing. I don't, I don't know that I can grasp the difference. I'm sure there is one, but I, I just don't know it because I don't go out. Well, what about comedy, though? Is, is Laugh Factory open back up? Because I know, I know the uh, store did. The store did. I, I meant to call Jamie and ask him, but I know the store opened back up. Yeah, uh, I haven't been out yet. I'm getting, I'm, I might go out tonight. Um, I need to go examine the city. I've been busy. Uh, Tara uh, and I are moving to a place in Hoboken, and uh, we're getting some work done on it. And that's all that's consumed my my days since I've been here, uh, since we've been off. Right. So uh, other than that, that's it. My uh, and uh, just looking forward to meeting you up in Arizona, taking my be with my kids, and I got a dinner to take you to. I told you I was going to take you out to this place. I'll shout them out. Maybe they'll they'll hook us up better. Uh, it's uh, uh, Ocean 44. So uh, Ocean 44 in Phoenix in the, fas- in, in the Scottsdale Fashion Mall uh, area. It's not in the mall. It's outside the mall, but it's in that same area. Man, I took my boy there for his birthday, and I'm telling you, Aries, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to do this one up. Well, Scottsdale is a sexy area. I like Scottsdale. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got to do that like Thursday, or if you come out Wednesday, we'll, we can do Wednesday, but or Thursday, right after the show, we have to hit. Here's it. what's here's what's weird to me, uh, and you know, since this COVID shit, every bit of press I've ever had to do has been over the phone, Zoom, phone call. This is the first time I, I, when I read the itinerary, my manager's assistant goes, "Yo, they want to fly you in on Wednesday so you could do Thursday morning press." I forgot what that felt like. So are you going to go out Wednesday night? Yeah, I have to because I got to get up in the morning and do press live in studio. Oh, that's great, man. Okay, so then we can go out Wednesday night uh, and, and, and check, out the, check out that restaurant that I want to take you to. And we can both go do press on Thursday morning. I'll go with you to do press. I know all those guys. You goddamn right you're going. Are Fuck we, that. Are, are we going to be on Holmberg's Morning Sickness? What is it? Holmberg's Morning sick, Sickness, 98 KUPD. I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure my, my publicist will have that down. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorite uh, shows to do out in Phoenix. Uh, the guys on the show are, are fantastic. And uh, Holmberg is the one that does the impressions, too. They, mm-hmm. He never wanted mm-hmm. to do them in front of you, though. And I was like, no, tell Aries you do them. So, uh, yeah, now I remember. Yeah. All right, now let's get to some shit, All literally. Right. Um I had a colon cleanse uh, recently because, uh, you know, I'm in this everlasting quest to try to get myself together physically and fight my demons 
and, and try and get in shape. Um, deep breath. Uh, I gotta say, with all due respect, and I mean this with nothing but love, to the Rainbow Boys, I don't know how you motherfuckers do it. I don't know how you niggas do it. Putting shit in your ass does not feel natural. Let me tell you what, I, I, I went to go get my car washed the other day, and I'm listening to Sarah Silverman on XM, on one of the comedy channels. And she has this joke, and you know, when you do the jokes on XM, they list the comedian and they list the title of the joke. And the title of her joke was, I don't need two reasons. And she's basically saying how her current boyfriend wanted to fuck her in her ass. And she goes, no, I'm not into it. And she goes, reason number one, duty comes out of there. Reason number two, duty comes out of there. I don't need two reasons for you to unsuccessfully sell me on putting shit in my ass. And she goes, I understand to, my, to the gay guys, your assholes are our vaginas. But however, duty comes out of there. Um, it is the most emasculating procedure. I, I've had it done before, but a gazillion years ago. So I hadn't had it done in a long time. So I was trying to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me get my colon cleansed. First of all, you're in an assless gown and you're laying either on your side or on your back. And they do it both ways. You On your side and they put the tube up your ass and flush the shit out you. And then you're on your back with your legs in stirrup position while they flush the shit out you. And this is the most emasculating fucking thing that I think a man could go through. And the woman that did it, of course, by demand, because I demanded a woman do it. I'd be damned I'm in an assless gown on my side or on my back with my legs in pregnant position and your name is Mitch. Because Mitch rhymes with bitch. And that's exactly what I am at the moment. So I demanded that a woman do this. And at one point, I said to her, sweetheart, this is the most bravest and disgusting job a person can have. Because not only are you literally watching shit being flushed out of people's asses all day long, at some point you have to say to your boss during your shift, I'm going to lunch. How the fuck do you eat after this? And I don't know what you're eating, but meatloaf is definitely out of the question. So I'm getting this done and they fill you full of this liquid for 60 seconds. And then it, you, it, you immediately shit it out while with everything else. And she's going, all right, now I need, I, I'm going to coach you through this. You're going to feel abdominal pain. You're going to feel cramps. I want you to take deep, quick breaths with me. And I'm going, <laughs> now I'm in an assless gown. I'm on my back. My legs are in pregnant position. And I'm going, <laughs> and when it's finished, she goes, that was good. That was good. Oh, my God, you did an amazing job. I comedically looked at her and went, is it a boy or a girl? <laughs> so we get to the end and she goes, all right, now I'm going to warn you, don't panic, but it's going to feel like you are taking a shit. And, 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 and no pun intended, Andy, I shit you not. When she takes the tube out, it literally feels like you are taking an uncontrolled, unconsensual shit. My bowels had no say in the matter. 
and you're not kidding, but it feels like you are. I started to panic. Even when she told me, don't panic, because how embarrassing that I take a turn on a table. And she's going, don't panic. And when she pulled that tube out, Andy, I lifted my pelvis and I went, are you sure? Because <laughs> it felt like I was shitting. It felt like, and when they pull the tube out, it's long, it's a long tube and they pull it out really slow. So it felt like I was shitting out a kayak, nigga. <laughs> that was my fucking day. <laughs> a kayak? A kayak, nigga. Do you feel like you're going through the Colorado Rockies? Inverted? Might as well. There was ups and downs, twists and turns. My stomach touched my back. I had a lot of Six Flags, Mount, Mount, Magic Mountain... Oh my God, we're going down. I wish they would have taken a picture of you at the end with your arms up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) So badly in the moment to do a live Instagram, but I'm so panicked about not getting kicked off Instagram because I would have said Rainbow Boys. Yeah, you would have got kicked off Instagram. And again, I know we have a sure... One gay male listener and one gay female listener. If you guys are listening, and I'm, I'm thinking about doing this as a stand-up bit, I'm not trying to offend the gay community. Do what you do. I always say, love who you love. Time is short. Do it, baby. I'm just telling you. Shit, putting your ass feels awkward. Well, and this is why I love Sarah Silverman. Because she has the balls, hence the vagina, to say that shit. Because that's what we think. That's what we feel. And when she went, doodle comes out of there. Exactly. Yeah, I I just don't think that uh, getting a colon cleanse or, uh, uh, for that matter, getting your uh, colonoscopy has anything Mm -mm, to do mm -mm. with... I confused the same thing. I said the same thing. Colonoscopy is when they put the camera in there. Yeah, as opposed to this, the stuff to make you clear out. You right. have to clear out a different way when you do a colonoscopy. You take laxatives. That's how they... Oh. But all I'm saying is any of those procedures, I don't think that that has anything to do where uh, a person, uh, a gay person might go, yeah, that, I, I'm okay, I'm cool with it. No, I, I think it's the same feeling you're getting because there's no pleasure in, in, in either of those. Uh, but, but here's the thing. I think for some people, that is a pleasure. It is a fetish. It's no different from either you like being whipped with the ball gag and the chain and the leather. Everybody ain't down for that. No, That's, a, that's an acquired taste. Having shit put in your ass is, and, and whatever anal stimulation, that is an acquired taste. I don't know if you want to use the word taste, but it's an acquired feeling. Okay. <laughs> Maybe and for some people it is an acquired taste. That is true as well. Yes, you're correct. They like that shit. It does something to them. Yes. Yes, I'm not going to... There's people who... Obviously, there's people who like everything in this world now. Thanks to the internet, everybody found out that everybody likes something. Right. So, um, and, 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 and listen, um, I'm not a fan of, I don't jump in my car and drive at maximum speed to go get this done. But if I'm sincere about trying to 
get right. I'm open-minded to whatever I have to do, even if it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, you should um, be. You should be because it's for your health that you're doing it, right? But Yeah, but it's for the same reason as, as I say in my joke about the prostate exam. Black men won't get prostate exams regardless as to the fact that it's about health because the idea of something being put in your ass is a no-no. No. So we're willing to die. Yeah, well, I, I'm not, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. All I know is... Uh, I'm supposed to. <laughs> I don't want to. St- I don't know. Want to stay on the subject all for the whole podcast here, but uh, because of COVID, I wasn't able to get my colonoscopy. I'm supposed to get it every five years because there's uh, colon cancer in my family. Uh, so I'm I'm off a year, and now now that we're kind of coming out of this, you know, they're hitting me up all the time to do it right now, and uh, I'm not really excited about it, but I have to get it done. So well, there we go. There, there, and you you've just been talking about it. So no, now I'm. Now I'm really thinking about it. Not excited. Yeah, not excited. And you shouldn't be. <laughs> or, or, or if you are, that's some shit I just learned about you. Well, I, I mean, I wish it was something I could get excited about. It'd be a lot easier. It would be easier to look forward to that fifth year uh, examination. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't <sighs> dude. I, and I know you haven't got one yet because you're not 50, but when you get them, I mean, which I don't know if they can do it the way that you did, where they, you know, you get everything out of your colon. Dude, it's it's nothing but an all day drinking um, uh, laxatives and rehydrating, and you were just well. I, I would I, I would like to think that if you take care of yourself on the ultimate level, you don't even have to get that. You have to get it if, if you have perfect, pristine Matthew McConaughey time to kill shape. You have to get that. Cancer don't care if you're in great shape. Has nothing to do with oh. shape. All right, I, all right. Everybody. I thought that. I thought if the body was hundred percent healthy and you got a clean bill of health, you avoid shit like that. You can do those. They have this new thing called Cola Guard. <laughs> Dude, we should get paid for making people healthier for this conversation. Cola Guard is you take a, a little, you take a little bit of shit and you actually put it on a on this paper. And you put that in this little box, and you send it to the lab, and the lab inspects the DNA of your of your uh, fecal matter, and finds that and, and can find various cancers through that way. But that's not as uh, it, it's not as uh, a- accurate, I guess, as the actual colonoscopy. So one of the one of the funniest lines ever in Beverly Hills Cop is when Bronson Pinchot. And Eddie Murphy, and you know, Bronson Pitchell plays Serge. And he goes, he describes to Eddie Murphy, and then you get your calling cleanse, and out comes a candy bar for when you were seven. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is going to be a. Yeah, I got to schedule this appointment. Now that you brought it up, I'm going to schedule it. Maybe maybe that could be our. uh, Our. uh, (laughs) Our Patreon. I'll I'll put my. My you're calling Oscarby on on on, on uh, Patreon. Um. All right. Let's segue from shit <laughs> to snowfall. Um. I finally finished it, man. Uh. And you finally finished it, yep. right? Yep. So, what'd you think, dude? I thought it was great. Again, started off slow, 
the first few episodes. I thought they were, you know, trying to set up what was about to happen. Uh, and they kind of make you feel like they're going backwards a little bit. I mean, you're kind of feeling like maybe he's going to be a little bit of a pussy again now that he's gotten, you know, shot. He's injured. And then, and then they, they, they fix that real quick. They fix that, mm-hmm. that pretty quick. But they gave you that impression. They showed you his weakness. They showed you him being in pain. And, uh, but it changes up really quick. Um, I didn't really have any notes because most of what I felt was already what I felt. Uh, I will say, I remember everybody kept telling me, yo, episode eight is fire. And I'm watching episode eight and it's almost over. And I'm going, why is this the one that's fire? The one that was fire was episode nine. Yeah, I agree with when you. When Louis got shot. Yeah. When Louis got shot. First of all, I'm going, please don't let her die. Because I just love the character. So thank God they didn't let her die. But I just knew this big Jerry Curl motherfucker is about to go off. And I loved how. Franklin was telling Leon, uh, and I'm getting quite tired of Leon, because this nigga don't listen. He almost let Jerome go. And I said, if Jerome gets killed because Leon did not listen to Franklin's specific directions, which Leon didn't really listen anyway. He was always a hard head. I was getting mad at Leon. Yeah. But I'm glad... And I loved how Franklin did what he had to do to stop Jerome. He put the cane down. He put his fist up. He was willing to go, nigga, you got to beat me up to get in this car. And he beat him up. And he took the ass whooping. And Jerome goes, boy, you stubborn as a motherfucker. But the brilliance of Franklin is it played out exactly how he knew it was going to play out. And they got the upper hand. Uh, I just thought it was... but. Out of all the epi- out of all the the years that I've watched now, this one was probably the best written one. I like how every time I think something's going to happen, they they twist it, they move it. I thought it was really good how they put it together this 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 year, this year's this season. I thought was really good. I thought they had me. You know, you like I said, usually I'm watching this and you kind of go, okay, well then you know this is going to happen or this is going to happen. I, I this one they really. Uh, got me. They got me. They they wrote an episode. There there was episodes where I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. That's good. I'm I, I was into it because they kept me wanting more, watching more. Like they they, I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen next week, and that's right. that's a, that's a different from a lot of shows. You kind of know the formula. You kind of know what they're up to. This, this had some turns, twists and turns in it. I thought it was really good. Uh, I don't remember the character's name, but the gangster whose daughter got killed when both cars started shooting at each other from ridiculous range. Yeah. Um, Scully, Scuffy, whatever his name is. Um, that shootout where they shot the girl and Leon is almost having this revelation. Like he even said to Franklin at one point, I don't want to do this anymore because him killing that girl yeah. really fucked him up. He didn't even want to kill the girl's mama because he felt like, damn, I already killed the, the daughter. Right. Now I'm going to kill the mama. Um, so that, I thought that was a, a nice character development. Now, whether he stays with that, which I don't think he is, because obviously they're going to do another season. And unless he totally, if, unless that's the story point, him trying to get out, it seems like he's still in it. 
Yeah, but he might be a second slower now. Or he might be killed. That's what I'm saying. He might be a second slower now and end up dead because he's going to be thinking about it. Because at that moment, when he kills the when he kills the daughter, and I mean that's what everybody said. She wasn't supposed to be in that car anyway. Uh, not that that justifies killing the daughter. I'm just saying she wasn't supposed to be in that car. That's how it ended up happening. But she was the that mom did. She was going to take it. Everybody was going to go down. It didn't make a difference. She wanted her. She needed. She needed retribution. And, and you know what? My question to you is because she seemed like when the daughter died, the father he found God. He he, he didn't even he he felt like this was God's message as saying your daughter died for all the evil shit you've done. Right. He he, he so he went to God. Right. It seemed like the mother, like you said, was on a rampage. And the way she gutted that fat nigga, I'm sitting here like, in order to justify the mother being killed after her daughter was killed, she needed to be a cunt. Otherwise, you couldn't kill her without feeling that's fucked up. Right. But, okay, that, um, who's the guy? Who is the fatback? Fatback is the guy that they. Right. That scene, I was like, I was like, this is dumb when they got her. When they got him, I was like, they would be waiting for him, you know. Exactly, I thought that too. So that's the that's that one that I described to you, where I felt like the right. That's what I'm saying. The writing's gotten good because they put it in my face. They're like, oh look, she. They picked him up because they were there for him. And then you figured, then you realized that when she said, "I'm going to need a lot of money," she was the one bailing him out so that she could go pick him up or have those girls so that she could kill him. That was that's where I was like, this season's going to be. This season's going to be the one right now. This is where they're writing. They're right. writing for people like me to fuck me up, to get me thinking something different. And then, I'm, right. and then they come back and they get me. That's what I love. I love when, when I'm surprised by what happens. And that's right. what this did a lot. Uh, uh, what, what's Leon's aunt again? Uh, not, not Leon's aunt. Uh, Louis. Louis. When they shot her, I was, I was, I was shocked. I was they got me on that one. I wasn't expect I was expecting someone else to get killed. I was I was expecting maybe uh, anyone else but her. I, I know the moment she showed up at the funeral because remember she refused at first, and then she shows but when up. When she showed up, I went, "Oh, they about to shoot her." I knew it was her. Yeah, that's that. That's it's so well set up for intensity. Yeah, that point right then. Yes, you're right. You kind of know that it's coming, but. When they were working their way up into that point, when she wasn't going to go, I had no idea. I was trying to figure out who was getting killed. And you're right. When she shows up, that's kind of the, the, the giveaway, the tell. Right. But I wasn't there until that moment. And a lot right. of times, like, I, you kind of just already feel it. You already know. that I'm telling you, this. I thought this writing was so good. Um, but my favorite part is when they go just the, the money, the, the, how money works, man. Find those girls, find the dancers, pay them whatever he said, twice as much, three times as much, four times. It didn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of it. Right. It came back to the money. Always comes back to the money. Always follow the money. It answers the question. And, and of course, I loved how smooth Franklin was in terms of, I forget my man's name, but the dude, the other rival drug dealer that they set up yeah. and shot him in the house. Now, I don't know, again, when we talk about suspension of disbelief, I know the cops don't be quick to come in nigga neighborhoods, but the way Peaches, a.k.a. D-Ray, and Jerome shot the other three dudes in the car, 
Ain't no police sirens. Okay. They had all that time. Remember this, though. When this was taking place in the early 90s, crack all over the epidemic, late 80s, early 90s, police didn't run to the black neighborhoods because it was all in the black. The, when crack was just in the black neighborhoods, they didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't an epidemic. It wasn't an epidemic until crack moved out of the black neighborhoods. So if, if, if black people were killing themselves, police were going to rush in a little slow, making sure they're all done firing their guns so that they could come in and clean up. They weren't, they weren't coming in there to stop it. They weren't coming to stop it. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, again, I know there's a suspension of disbelief. Yeah, maybe the police do show up a little bit sooner. But, yeah, the police weren't quick to come to crack neighborhoods when that was going on. They were going to let that right. go. Um, but I like how he I sets her up. I like how he sets her up. You figure out. Oh, it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, and then of course I loved how they ended the final season. He puts down the cane and he goes back to walking. I'm all the way back. <laughs> But that's why I was like, this season was too short because we don't even get Franklin back until all this happens. Right. Tell, tell everybody what you're making because we can hear you. We can hear your ice cubes. Oh, well, then, motherfucker, if you know me, you, you know what I'm making. Let's, let's get the sponsorship. Is this the, is this the uh, Patron or is this the Tito's? Tito's Vodka, baby. Tito's. Tito's Vodka. Tito's Vodka. It's it's Mother's Day, and by the time you guys hear this, Mother's Day will have passed. So happy belated Mother's Day yeah. to all the mamas out there. After we had um, a conversation about shit and and killing people and and, and birth, <laughs> shit, birth, and death. Happy Mother's Day to all the women that go visit the hitman at the abortion clinic. Uh, uh, big shout out to my mama if you're listening. As always, I'm gonna keep the tradition going, uh, Mama. I will see you. With your Mother's Day gift, some straight lingerie. Go get a mama. You divorced now. Go get that dick before you pass away. <laughs> you get her a gift card to uh, Victoria's Secrets. To the pleasure chest, nigga. <laughs> um. So, uh, so you're looking. Obviously, you're in. You're ready for the next season. Yes. And yes, I, yes, yes. And I don't even know when the next season starts, to be honest. I don't know, but we will all be waiting with bated breath. Now, from one gangster show to the next. And Andy, I, I, you, know, you know, I know you said, like, sometimes people, Andy sends me a lot of shit to look at and review for the sake of the podcast. And according to him, uh, he swears that sometimes I don't look at it because I don't necessarily respond immediately. That's not to say that I don't look at it or that I'm not going to respond. I be tardy, nigga. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a Negro. So at times, I be tardy. My homework come in late, but it come in. Um, yeah, because I'm, you know? I, I still say you slept on this one. I, I, I know that you said that you just hadn't got to it. Right. Uh, but I finally got to the motherfucker. And let me tell you. Godfather in Harlem. Yep. Yeah. This show is bananas, man. Godfather in fucking Harlem. 
And I'm not a big Forrest Whitaker guy. I know, and that's why I said I thought you were sleeping on it because you didn't see Forrest Whitaker as this fucking gangster, real gangster, Bumpy Johnson. And and you know what? I'm a big well, well, well. Oh no, fuck that. Here's like I said, uh, and we said this before. Um, whether it's Muhammad Ali, Denzel Washington, uh, or, or Malcolm X. I, I'm going to make comparisons. And when I've seen Denzel play um, Malcolm X, anybody else I see play Malcolm X is a, is a failure to me. Because I'm holding you to the highest level of who I've seen portray him. Same thing with Muhammad Ali. Now, Bumpy Johnson. There's only three dudes who have played Bumpy Johnson. Forrest Whitaker, Clarence Williams III, and he only played him a short second in American Gangster. Uh, and then Lawrence Fishburne in Hoodlum. Lawrence murders that shit. So it was hard for me to picture Forrest with the half eye, the knock knees, and the open toes, East versus West. The way that nigga stands and the way he's built. That nigga's built like a, uh, what's that chocolate bar that, that's so elegant in the commercials? Where it's Toberlone? Toberlone? The, the triangle one? No, oh. it's dipped in the chocolate. Magnum? And it's Magnum. Magnum is that ice cream bar that they dip in the chocolate. I never heard of no Magnum ice cream bar. Magnum. No, dude, it's, it's Dove something. It's, oh, it's, it's, it is Dove then. Dove chocolate. Yeah, Dove chocolate, yeah. That nigga Forrest is built like a Dove chocolate bar, <laughs> ice cream bar. Okay. A lot of body up top. With stick legs. Yeah, he has um, small legs and he walks. There's a little hitch to his giddy up. Yeah. Um, so Forrest Whitaker, I, I, was, I was so not sold on the idea of Forrest Whitaker. I just went, eh. But not only do I love the show, but he does a hell of a job. Yeah. Now, I still say no one fucks with Lawrence Fishburne in Hoodlum. With Andrew Garcia Andy Garcia as Lucky Luciano and Tim Roth as Dutch Schultz. And Clarence Williams III plays uh, Tim Roth, a.k.a. Dutch Schultz, side guy. His main hitman, Bubs. But yo, yo. There's another, there's another, there's another Bumpy Johnson, though. What's the, what's the show on HBO that you didn't like? It was a period piece. Um, Oh, uh, Boardwalk Empire. There's, there's a Bumpy Johnson in that one. I didn't even see that. I wanted I to see who it. that was in it. I was going to look it up because he, I thought he did a really good job. He played a younger Bumpy Johnson, though. This is an older Bumpy right. Johnson that we're getting right now. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so before I get into my notes, you got anything on this? On Godfather in Harlem? Yeah. Uh, no, I just, I mean, oh, yeah, Vincent DeFornio. Woo! Who's playing the uh, chin? chin? Yeah, man, I, dude, I've always liked this dude. When he would, he came to uh, when he went to Law and Order. I watched those. He plays kind of a very eccentric, maybe autistic, uh, spectrum esque kind of cop. Does a great job, man. This dude is an actor. This and for those of you who are still unfamiliar with him, yes, he was on Law and Order, but he also played. One of the three brothers in the movie The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston 
and yeah, um, yes, and uh, Vince Vaughn. He was the one that was like the serious brother. Yeah, uh, that motherfucker's dope, yo. Yeah, I, I dude, I, I thought he did a fantastic job. The um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that I just. Then when I saw that they were in there, I was like, okay, good, man. This is going to oh, be great. Well, well, when you talk about that, that fucking cast is stellar. Fucking Vincent, uh, 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 Forrest, Giancarlo uh, Esposito. Yeah, of course, who played the bad guy from Breaking Bad. Giancarlo. Yes. That, that character, the way he plays it, is the right way to play that character. Hey, Adam Clayton Powell. It, the way he's playing him, that makes sense again when you say about malcolm x it doesn't make sense the way the character is being played not only that you got to remember something and again black people historically we have always had this divide in us in regards to light-skinned niggas versus dark-skinned niggas nappy-headed niggas versus straight-haired niggas and adam clayton powell as a young man he was black but he had that complexion that wasn't Black, black, it was a fair, almost a fair black man. His hair was like white textured hair. He just was that nigga that at them times when black people had an issue with identity, which we still do, but when we were really lacking confidence, he was looked upon as one of them sexy niggas because he wasn't full nigga. <laughs> I, I, I never would have put it that way, but yeah. I, I know. Yeah. What, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. How he separated him. How he would be separated from that pack. But the way that he played it, I just thought he does a fantastic job. But the Malcolm X character, first of all, Malcolm X in real life was six four, and they always play him smaller. And I don't understand why he when he walks because, into because, because you can't you can't. It's hard to find a six four actor that can deliver both the height and the performance. Usually you find one or the other. It's hard to get both. But see, that's why when when uh, Denzel played him, even though he wasn't as tall, Denzel, when he played him, owned the room, the moment. Every moment that was Malcolm's moment, he owned that moment. Now, I'm not saying Malcolm was that same fiery personality, that same gruffness when he was at home. And that's why I said the characters never been, they always play him as the same character. That's not how Denzel played him when he was, when he needed to be Malcolm X, Denzel played him as Malcolm X. So he made that big presence, that huge statement of who he was. And I saw him as the six, four Malcolm X. The, the, every, all these other shows that we saw that one night in Miami, it's all played softer, not that, Malcolm X, the guy. When that scene, when they do the scene, when he said chickens come home to roost, right? That that's different when Mal, when you see Denzel play that character. That's a different moment than, than was in that show. That's that's what we're talking. <coughs> what we're talking about. Denzel played him six four. And, and that being said, uh, and let's go through it. Who's played Malcolm X? Denzel, this guy, and Godfather in Harlem. The guy in One Night Miami, and my to me the worst choice ever, Mario Van Peebles and Ali with Will Smith. That's my least favorite. Denzel is my favorite. You just didn't the like guy, Mario Van Peebles because he's a good looking. He's he's a good looking and shorter guy. 
No, I don't like Mario Van Peebles because your name is Van Peebles. <laughs> you don't like his dad? Uh, his dad. His dad is cool. Um, the guy that played him in One Night in Miami is my third favorite. But this guy in Godfather Harlem, he grew on me. He gets better. He really grew on me. Right now, in the second in the second season, he's he's there. He's getting there. But it still isn't. It still isn't. It, it, well, ain't nobody gonna be Denzel. Yeah, if they ever find someone six four that has that fiery, give up on that. Give up on that. And they have me. And you know what they'll do? They'll hire an NBA nigga that can kind of act. No, that's not gonna work. Um, and again, speaking about stellar cast, Chaz commentary, dude, amazing. Like this cast, like it's it's a great this show and. and, and like, this show is well-written. It leaves you wanting more. It's a period piece, which I always say is a harder sell. Um, but it's 60s. Well, but it's 60s, not as... Yeah. yeah. You see, incidentally, they didn't bring back the good Lord Bird. Yeah, well, yeah. There's the story would have to change. They have, right, but I don't want to get off on that. Yeah, I just okay. mentioned that because you mentioned the period piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, and listen, the 60s, obviously, it's a compelling era. It's an important era. Um, I like the, 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 the pace. The pacing's good. And Bumpy's a cold motherfucker. Yeah, because... But they're letting him play it in a way that makes him... He, I like that he's... Forrest Whitaker, this is why he's such a great actor. Uh, he doesn't need a lot of lines to play this character. He plays it with his face and his. I don't. I just need a couple of sentences to say a pause and to say it at a certain speed. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he does. Like I'm telling you, this is. I think this is some of the best stuff that Forrest Whitaker's done in a long, in, in a minute. This is good, dude. I know how much you love Lawrence Fishburne, and to your point. Forrest Whitaker is more ruthless in this than Lawrence was in Hoodlum. And I wish Lawrence was more ruthless in Hoodlum. Yeah. Well, and I mean, maybe because this is a series and it's so spread out. Right. He has time to play that. But the, the, the thing that's awesome about it to me is that when, he, when Bumpy kills somebody, it's business. And he comes home just like the Italians in this movie and this is what's really when I watch this thing I think about you a lot because that the joke that you were working about the Italians and blacks and the way that they talk about each other mm-hmm. that's so in this 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 the relationships between Italians and blacks in this Pastor Nino his relationship with Bumpy and, where you go it's business and most times these guys don't like each other personally it's business but you get the sense that Paul Sabino really likes Bumpy. Yeah, because he even had a hard time when, when, when they had a, when they had to put out the hit, to, the contract for Bumpy. Everybody waited for him to raise the glass because you could tell it was business and he needed to do it. But he wasn't happy about his decision. That right. That, even when he said he said he's never lied to me in thirty years. The way he delivered that with anger. Yeah. Like, you could tell Savino's character liked him. So, this is where it gets interesting, but, and it also shows you, 
what was very I just the business this the the un, this kind of business this business that they're talking about. Uh, so he goes to Paul Servino to be his partner so that they could do this deal, and he couldn't work with his with the person that he actually likes because of how this relationship will work. He has to go work out with Chin. He has to right. go put this together with his enemy because that's the only way this works. And that tells right. you a lot about this business, that that particular business as a, as a whole. And Joe Bonanno, though, uh, the character, is is all over the place, man. Uh, Chaz Parmentieri plays that very well, too. Man, it is... I don't know, man. I just I was so happy that you finally watched this, and I wish that I had watched it. I, I should have went back and watched all the episodes again. So I might be a little off on some of the the timeline. But this is just a, this was a great. When I first I first time I saw this, I was like, this is awesome, dude. When you talk about business and not seeing something coming, that scene that in the one episode where they open it up, and it's not even fifteen minutes into the episode. But Forrest Whitaker's character, Bumpy Johnson, confronts the one black dude who's sitting with the two women. And they have the meeting in the back. And he's basically telling the black dude, yo, join up with me. We could do X, Y, and Z. And the black dude is like, nah, at the end of the day, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. And Bumpy pulls out the fucking straight razor and slits this nigga's throat. Well, if you ain't gonna fuck with me, well, then I'm gonna take your territory by taking you out. And the fucking credits start. Yeah. And he makes his own man. He makes his own man yes. pick him up and take him out. That was very uh, Scarface esque. When at the end, when he goes, "Oh, you got a job." That was almost the, you know, you yeah. Like you're gonna come work for us now, or, or not. That's up to you. Right. And and and, and dude, I gotta say, I love the fucking soundtrack. Rick Ross. Is he lucky, lucky, Lucy Man, that's Music, do you know, music producer on that is Swiss Beats. That's, and, and what's great about it, anytime you would see a period piece, whenever they play music, they play the music from that era. Yeah. I love how they're putting 90s hip-hop yeah. in a 60s era. It's cool as shit. Ah. Well, a lot of these uh, beats were stolen. I shouldn't say stolen. Were borrowed from that that period of time, though, too. For today's hip hop, yeah. That well, yeah, especially ninety, especially nineties when they were sampling more. All that sixties, right. all that sixties music was sampled. Yeah, yeah. Um, yo, the fucking woman that plays Bumpy's wife. Gorgeous as a motherfucker. That was one that you know. In my few notes that I did write, I did write that, and I should I should mention her name. But I'm going to tell you, um, she looks like someone we met when we were on the road. Only this, the girl's younger that I'm going to tell you about, and I, I don't remember her name off the top. But I'm uh, surprised. You, I'm surprised you didn't say she looked like a girl that you fucked on the road because any woman that looks like that. I'm not saying I successfully fucked her, but I took a shot. Well, that girl who came to our show, she brought her parents. Uh, wait, I'm trying to remember what city it was. It was St. Louis. We met. We, we met these. We met a few girls out, and then they came to the show. They brought. She brought her parents. She's a singer. Ah, exactly. She she looks she about. looks similar to that woman. And that's what I mean when I say. 
about Giancarlo Esposito's character, real life Adam Clayton Powell. Yeah. He was the male version of her. Now, obviously, in that in that show, he's playing Adam Clayton Powell much older. Yeah. But picture a young twenties Adam Clayton Powell. That's what I'm talking about. It, like that woman was very fair skinned. Right. I don't want to say uh, I don't want to say white features, but she didn't have the stereotypical wide Negro nose. More European her, features is that what? More you mean? European. Her skin was lighter, and I'm not saying one is better than the other. You could say North African features. Okay, but I'm just saying that that's one of the things that within the black society we have fought each other on. Oh, the lighter your skin the better you are because it's closer to white. The more stringy your hair, the better it is because it's closer to white as opposed to nappy. The more your nose is slender, I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying, based on how we were pitted against each other in that way of thinking. But, yo, that's a bad bitch, dude. She's good looking. She's, Who that, 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 she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. She's like Paula Patton beautiful. Um, but what do you think of her character? Because there's a lot written about I her. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. She was with him. She was down. I like that. She, I liked it in this show, in the movie, in, in, well, in, the, in the series. She's the one that makes Bumpy realize that she needs to go to her enemy to make that deal work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that shows you a lot about women right there, too. In what sense? They know how to play their enemies and their friends better than dudes do. Yeah, because them bitches is petty, man. Them hoes is petty, man. Like, I love that she was his voice of reason. When there was a storm, she would be the calm. Yeah. She would be who he would talk to to go, hey, uh... Think this through. I'm your conscience. Whereas, whereas most women are always portrayed as, honey, get out of that life. It's dangerous. How much longer are you going to do this? I shouldn't say that because power, uh, the, the ghost's chick was like, you know, fuck him. Was a ruthless bitch. Yeah. And in the movie American Gangster, uh, Denzel's woman, Miss Puerto Rico, she was a little bit. Oh, the girls know what they buy it into. They want you to get out because they don't want you to die, and they love you. But at the same time, they want to keep that lifestyle. They know how the bills get paid, right? Um, the only thing is now there is a moment though. Now there's only three episodes in the second season of Godfather Harlem. I don't know if it was because of COVID or what it is. Uh, we should do some investigation to see if they're going to bring this show. Season, season, season two just started. Okay, that's why there's only three episodes? Yeah, it just started, yeah. You sure? Okay. Yeah, I believe sure. Okay, yeah. so here's, here's the thing, though. Um, she went to Adam Clayton Powell, and uh, that's why some things happened in a different way that Bumpy wasn't expecting it. So I wonder if, this, if that's going to be a problem as we move on to this next, through this next season. No, because I think that everyone knows who Bumpy is. They know what he is, and they're scared of him. So he's not going to violate. I, I think that if the Bumpy wasn't her husband, 
I had a quick bond with a bitch tried to fuck her. Yeah. Because he was trying to fuck everything that moved. But he knows who her husband is. You know, uh, what's interesting about this, too, and I think that uh, people forget this, uh, because... I, I don't know. I shouldn't say people. I should say at least I know I can say that white people don't know this uh, for the most part. You ca- when it comes down to the civil rights t- period, you think of only Malcolm X and then you think of Martin Luther King. And they don't re- they don't. This actually brings to the surface and reminds people how many other people and different viewpoints were happening during the civil rights movement. Because to hear Adam Clayton Powell talking about uh, uh, Martin Luther King in that way was interesting, and it gave some uh, context to that that time period and the rise of Martin Luther King. Because at one time, there was a lot of different people with different voices in the civil rights movement. Let me me ask you something, because you always talk about how, from a political standpoint, whether it's the right or the left, it's always about rich versus poor and politicians. And this is what I didn't like about Adam Clayton Powell's character, but this is what I also expected. He was a politician and politicians are often slimy. No politician is pure at heart. No politician, regardless of how much they want to do the right thing and help the people, which is why they were elected. Every politician to a degree is a grease ball. And they portrayed that about Adam Clayton Powell. But you never got the sense that Malcolm X and Martin Luther King were greaseballs. They were 100%, and I don't want to to say pure, not like they were exempt from doing foul, not foul shit, but fucking up. Martin Luther King had side pussy. So as pure as he was, he was still a human being. He was still a man. He still did things. I don't know what Malcolm X's faults were. I know when he said to the girl who was once a drug addict, who was Bumpy's daughter, he goes, I've had my moments of temptation or fuck-ups. But I've never publicly heard or read anything where they said, Malcolm X did this. He was foul. He was shady. And everything we've ever seen about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, they're not politicians. They seem like pure Good people who had great intentions, who always tried to do the right thing. Do you- I, putting them, I, I would say putting themselves, uh, putting the right thing above themselves. Because like we all, like you said, we make mistakes, but they tried to put doing the right thing above themselves. And I think that's the hardest part for any, any politician is to, because politicians want to be reelected. And when you want to be reelected, you need the, you need the people's vote. So it's hard, it, and I'm not. It would be it's harder for a politician to put do the right thing, thinking that he's going to alienate his votes at the same time, because that's how you stay in that power, so that you can make these decisions. So sometimes I think they sell the people short because they don't believe that they're going to believe in what they're doing, and something that you know something that may work against some of their constituents they'll 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 do the wrong thing so that they can keep those constituents instead of doing the right thing for the the bigger amount of people and usually the bigger amount of people again going back to what you said about rich and poor are usually the people without money and they do the things 
to keep the people with money on their side because the money is where the contributions come from. That's why we have to get money out of politics, but that's a whole but, other but story. Don't, but don't you find it rather ironic that the two times they do right is one, when they're trying to get in office, and then two, re-election, re- re- when they're trying to stay in office. Once they're in, they do the slimy shit they do. But when it's time to act right, to get your vote, to get in or stay in, now they're like children. Mommy, I want you to buy me this tiny toy. I'll be on my best behavior. Yeah, but again, I think when you go, and this is this is where... Uh, this gets very complicated when you're when you're working at the at the state level when you're in your hometown and you're running for office and maybe you're whatever you're doing whatever kind of uh, capacity that you're working in state government and you're doing the best for your people there and when you go to the federal government when you go uh, to Washington D.C. to represent your community that's where this uh, inherent uh, disconnect comes from. And that's because of the way that Washington works. I'm not saying it's the correct way. I'm saying that's why people end up moving away from what got them there in the first place. Because the people got them there. Now the money keeps them there. My God. um, Again, it's it's all coming to me now that we're talking about it. I want to say this, and then I want to ask you another question. Stella Cass, Louise Guzman. Yeah. I mean, you know, that scene where he found out that Louise Guzman was a rat yeah, and he had to kill him. I mean, it's just a stellar fucking cast. Now, I want to ask you this. The guy that plays the rat for Congress, Congress, the one that's staying at the motel. Yeah. You talk about suspension of disbelief. Did you buy that? The way they were trying to kill him? All those federal men guarding that building. And you mean to tell me a distraction, a stage distraction with a guy playing drunk and his friend arguing took so much attention away from that moment that the black dude was able to kick open a door that no one heard. And get away. And get away. The, pro- the problem that, that you kind of have with it is the I get away part. But here's the, the other side of that. At that time, man, they didn't have... Uh, People didn't go after federal witnesses. I mean, maybe they did, but I, I don't see that. Um, like, I think I, I think if there was a period in time when you could get away with it, that was one of those periods in times. Remember, there didn't used to be walls around the White House. There didn't you, you, you didn't used to have security. You used to be able to go out and walk on your own as a president. I mean, people, I mean, as, as history has gone longer, we needed more security, which might mean that, more shady shit's going on too but um if we were at that time maybe 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 that's how come we're looking at it. we're looking at it from today's time point uh time period but at that time maybe they didn't care maybe the fbi didn't care that much about the italian gangster maybe uh they wouldn't assume that uh someone would actually put a hit out on the guy while he's under federal protection so they might not have been ready for it but yeah there's a suspension of disbelief right there uh, before we exit this, I got to go back to the wife that played Bumpy Johnson's wife. When she says to the white rich mistress, his side pussy. Yeah. Um, when she says to her, uh, men get tired of filet mignon at home. 
so that I go out and look for a greasy cheeseburger. I just want to say to the women listening to this, that's not an insult. It may be an insult to the woman, but and as much as we love a great filet mignon, as men, sometimes we need that greasy cheeseburger. That five guys, that in and out, whatever your pleasure, Wendy's, a triple with cheese and bacon, a uh, 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 Carl's Jr., what they call it, famous all-star, whatever, yeah. that, that quadruple bacon with cheese, baconator, bacon for cheese, Burger King, the whatever. That greasy cheeseburger hits the motherfucking spot. But that's why everyone should try to find a woman in their life that can be filet mignon during the day, but be a greasy cheeseburger at night. Nah, it's different. <laughs> nah, that's like saying, yo, uh, me and my girl have been together 10 years, so to spice up the relationship, you got to do shit different. She's got to dress like a schoolgirl in a purple wig. Bitch, I still know the box with the boxes. Yeah. You can put all the trimmings around if you want. We know what that box feels like. Yeah, but- so you need a different box, nigga. If whatever your favorite meal is, listen, I love a good steak from Ruth Chris. When they bring that porterhouse out, that T-bone, that cowboy ribeye, whatever your flavor, and that plate is hot, and the waiter tells you, be careful, this is hot. And you hear the sizzle. You smell the butter. And you know when when you bite that bitch, it's going to melt in your mouth. Ruth Chris is... An orgasmic oral experience. I love it. I love it. That's wifey. But yo, son, when I'm when the mood is hitting me and I don't smoke some weed, nigga, and I go to five guys and you open up that aluminum and you got the cheese paper, <laughs> the melted cheese sticking to the paper, and you finger that bitch or you fucking suck it off with your mouth. You put the aluminum or the cheese paper to your mouth. And you suck that wet hot cheese off that paper. That side pussy. Ooh, it hit different, baby. No, I, that, I, you, you need that. No, and I know you're right. I know you're right about that too. Because do you I think it's Jamie Foxx who had that joke about even when you hit your when you when you're having sex with your with your wife and you get dirty with your wife, that next day. When you're looking up and you wake up in the morning and shit's a little disjointed and maybe some underwear on the chandelier or whatever, you know, whatever I mean, you know, you, where you just know that mm-hmm. you, you went dirtier than you normally would go. Mm-hmm. It's hard to look at your, like you just said, wifey in that way. When cheeseburger, you can do anything that you want to cheeseburger. Oh, man, man. <laughs> And when you're done, you're done. And it doesn't come with those feelings like, oh, I can't believe I she did that or I made her do listen, that. Listen, one of the funniest lines, I, I can't remember if it's Analyze This or Analyze That, the movie with De Niro and Crystal. But at one point, De Niro's describing all the filthy shit he does with his side bitch. And, and, and Billy Crystal goes, you can't do that with your wife. Like, why are you cheating? You can't do that with your wife. And, and De Niro goes, are you fucking kidding? That's the, she kisses my kids. 
Like, your wife kisses my kids, nigga. Like, that's, you don't do that. The things that I can do with my dick and my side bitch's mouth, she don't kiss my kids. <laughs> I totally get it. I get it. I'm, I, I gave both sides of this argument. I get it. Like, ladies, as, as primal and animalistic as that thinking is, don't look at it from the animalistic and the primal level. Look at the purity of it. You kiss our kids. You birth our children. You're on a different level. You're the China that we pull out when good company is coming. Everybody can't eat off your plate. You, know, you have special occasion pussy. But this is, this is the thing that I think happens in, in a male-female relationship. When, when, as men are young and we meet a girl, we want to we wanna fuck. We, wanna, we, wanna, we want to have great sex with that woman. And she's a little tentative. I would say she's probably more tentative at that time because she don't know you. And then you have children right. together. Now she knows you. She's done everything with you that she could, that she gave you the greatest thing. You could do anything with her at that time. But now we don't see her as someone that we just want to fuck. Now, like you just said, we see her as the mother of our child. We put her on that pedestal. But now she, now she's at the point where she could do anything for you because she's already given you the most that she has to give. We work opposite. Men and women work opposite. That's the moment. After, after you have kids with someone, that's the moment that she sees you as everything. And that's the moment where we make you smaller and go, you're the mother of our children. Now we got to keep you cleaner, nicer, sweeter. Yeah! But it's opposite for them. Put it like this. Ladies, when we decide to marry you and have, killed, and have children with you, it's like you're now into the mafia. You have to understand this thing of ours. You have to understand the rules. No women, no kids. You know? Uh, we, don't, we don't discuss our work. When you enter into a marriage with a man, you've entered into the mafia. It's a different set of rules. If you don't want to adhere to those rules, then don't marry us. Stay side pussy. Stay not important. But you can't have it both ways. Well, you can look at it a little bit too. Like um, it's for an athlete that you really like that plays on your team. You could talk bad about them. You could point out that they had a bad game. You can the, the 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 press can go off on them, but when they retired, they hang their jersey on the rafter. Now you only write nice articles about them. Now they're just that's what that's basically what happens when you become the mom. You jersey gets retired, it goes on, it goes into the rafters, and you are now the person no one ever speaks ill of. There you go. And before I leave, before we get off this, how could I not mention? And this is my biggest note. Nigga, big dick buster. <laughs> Son! Son! Listen! When the guy... The sound. The guy, oh, this, listen. When the guy tries to kill Bumpy and they got him in the room, Bumpy's two side men, the nigga with the James Brown perm and the other dude, and they got his shirt split open and they're whipping him with the belt. And he won't give up the info to fucking, uh, I just said his name, Luis Guzman. He's bleeding. And he go- He's bleeding. And he goes, is it time to call Buster? Yeah, call Buster. Nigga, you might as well fuck me up. 
and they played it beautifully. Big, big, well, they, they, Buster comes in. This nigga is built like Michael Clark Duncan. And he's just called Buster at this moment. Just Buster. And you, you don't see what he's doing, but you hear a noise. And you hear this guy screaming. I'm going, as I'm watching this, yo, what the fuck is happening? Why aren't they showing what Buster's doing? And then dude pays him. Luis Guzman gives the guy the money like, damn, I, I thought it would take longer than that. What the fuck did he do? Cut to the next episode where they get the second guy who's got to deal with Buster. Only this time, they said, call in Buster. This nigga, they cut to his pelvis. Undust the pants. Down goes the zipper. Cut the credits. Big Dick Dick Buster. Buster. He fucks the answers out of you. Dude, brilliant. Dude, but brilliant. That in the first one, when you said you didn't know what was happening, you heard the guy scream, but then you heard this noise. This there was this noise that I actually went. I almost made like a throwing up motion, like I went. You know, you knew what was happening. Yeah, I had no idea, dude. It was that mo. But here, here, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> this dude, this biggest dude that you see, like, and they and they film him at that cool angle from way down low, so he just looks like a towering tree when you see him walk in. He still has to get hard to go do this. This is a job. This- you know what the scary part? You know what the scary part to that is, and he has no problem getting hard. No, because it's a job. It, it might be, but. If you get that hard immediately, yeah, it's more than a job; it's a passion. I'm saying it's it's it's. I, I get what you're saying, but you know, there's a. I don't know how deep I want to get into this. There's a there's a story of them making a when uh, John Holmes, the porno actor John Holmes, the white guy, yes, yeah, when he owed a bunch of money, uh, and he was having problems making uh, regular uh, porn movies because he was having he got in fights with the directors and stuff. Uh, and he owed some money. They made him do some gay films, but he couldn't get hard for him. So they dressed woman, they dressed women up as men, and then they they made the films that way. So that you thought they were men in the room, but they were actually women. Right. Not this dude. This dude doesn't. Hey man. Hey man. It's 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 like uh, the colon cleanse. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> there are some dudes. Who I'm quite sure there's okay. There are some dudes who may not technically technically be gay. They don't call it. They don't live a gay lifestyle. They don't fuck men. They fuck women. They just like the feeling of something in their ass. Yeah, it does something for them. So I'm imagining Big Dick Buster. He might not identify as a homosexual, but he likes fucking ass. Male ass. What uh, he likes getting paid for fucking. That was the bot. That's what I got out of it. I'm not. I wasn't putting any judgment on it. Yeah. However, it works out. But all he was going to come in was get answers. I never thought about it this way. But there's answers in those, that ass. There's answers. Uh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. There's not only answers. There's solutions. 
<laughs> because what's the through line? And Snowfall, to get the guy to give the money up, yeah. it took him getting fucked in his ass. And Godfather of Harlem, for these motherfuckers to give it up, it took fucking in the ass. So there's solutions, too. <laughs> you want a nigga to give up the goods? Bring in Big Dick Buster. Dude, but that even that name, that whole... Dude, that is uh, that's quite the scene. That is quite the scene. The second one where it's obvious, it's even more because you kind of know. Dude, it, it wasn't obvious to me in the first one. I, it was a mystery. I was angry, going, "What's happening? Why aren't they showing what's happening?" You almost sounded like your partners when you did what's happening right now. What's happening? The partners. <laughs> uh, folks, if you if you haven't seen it. And I know this is one of those shows that a lot of niggas hit me up on the podcast, Godfather of Harlem. This shit is amazing. All right, y'all. I'm glad y'all are enjoying this heated conversation. This great conversation. Uh, Andy and I are going to split this up into a two-parter because, again, we're not working for a while uh, and we need to make up the time anyway. So I hope you enjoy what you've heard so far. Join us next week, same bat time, same bat channel, and we will pick up on this conversation. Uh, before we go, <clears throat> anybody wants to email, please send it into A Aries Spears 45 at Hotmail. Uh, any questions, concerns, anything on the show, hits one on one. Our loyal listeners, as always, thank you. <clears throat> uh, Spearsburg Pod, Spearsburg Pod for Instagram, Facebook, uh, Patreon, and those numbers are growing. So thank you, Patreon people. Um, YouTube, Spearsburg Pod, all that. Anything you want to add? Uh, just that we're going to be on the 20th. We will be in at Stand Up Live. I uh, hope that you catch us there, and then uh, our tour should get pretty serious after that. That's it. All right. See you guys next week. Uh, and the artist, musically, that we are going to play, Saladin Obi. Uh, S-A-L-A-D-I-N-E-O-B-I-E. This is called Catch a Vibe. This is from Saladin Obi. Of course, they did not send me their um, socials and all that necessary info. You $10 niggas kill me. Saladin Obi, Catch a Vibe. Enjoy. See you next week. Yep, there I go again, thinking of us in places that we shouldn't have been. Laying up, drunk as fuck at the night's end. Going rough around, thinking that you should call a friend. Yeah, you know I'm down for that action. Never afraid to throw it back like a reaction. Go hard on your boy, reach your satisfaction. Keep the tube socks on for a better traction. Cold killer in them better pillars. Come alive that night like Michael Jackson Thriller. Came here to make it hurt, not here to heal you. Not for the back rubs, want to fill up in you. Yeah, girl, don't be appalled. You know what you call, you know the way to haul. Mike Jack with skate tricks off the wall. Pull that mini skirt up and let them panties fall like black. You can get your vibe tonight, cause I know what it stays to like. Moodle with the freaks at night, walking to the beat of life. Get your vibe tonight. Find out what the streets are like. Mingle with the freaks tonight. Welcome to the beat of life.